What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Bitcoin and Markets. Ansel Lindner here. This is the longest running macro podcast in Bitcoin. And today what we're going to cover is we're going to cover a little bit about the e-Naira, what's going on in Nigeria. We have a Twitter thread and a Bloomberg article to kind of walk through. And then EU warns there is no escape from the ESG environment madness. And this was from Zero Hedge, but via uh, Mish, Mish Shedlock, Mike Shedlock. So today is February 17th. It's Friday. Happy Friday to everybody. And hope you're doing well out there. Uh, content this week for me was FedWatch yesterday at 1230 Eastern on Thursdays. Make sure you guys check FedWatch. You can always find it later on YouTube as well. It's the live stream on the Bitcoin Magazine channel, both Rumble and YouTube. And what else? Then uh, that went out in podcast form this morning. I put a accompanying post with all the charts and things. So if you watch that live stream, I'm always talking to a slide deck. So I put all those charts onto a blog post and put those out on bitcoinandmarkets.com. So you can find that there. Also, I put out two Market Pro letters this week. Market Pro is the new tier on the website. Uh, if you want 50% off the first month, go to bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash pro 50. And that I look at all the charts. I look at all the different things in macro. So what I did on, I think it was Tuesday, I put out the one issue and that was on CPI. And then today I put out a really fun post to write this morning. It was on Fibonacci's and Ichimoku Cloud. And so I have 14 charts, all Bitcoin, and talk about the near-term kind of Fibonacci's and talk about Fibonacci's in, at, at a cycle length, and then also cloud, what we're looking for, weekly cloud and daily cloud. Uh, bottom line is all of those things are very bullish. And so it was fun to pick out a few different price levels, price targets uh, for this cycle and stuff like that. So check out the Market Pro tier over on BitcoinandMarkets.com. Uh, I appreciate all the likes, shares, subscribes, comments in YouTube so other people can find the channel. But uh, all that is very much appreciated. And of course, big up to my Telegram channel, uh, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. We're cutting it up in there every day. Lots of macro talk and stuff like that. So, okay, thread. I like using this thread reader app. Makes it a little bit easier, but this is from... Nick Corbishley, and he's talking about Nigeria. A very dark experiment is underway in Nigeria with deadly consequences. Since October 2021, 99.5% of Nigerians have refused to use the CBDC, the so-called e-Naira, preferring to continue using cash. So what did the central bank do? It doubled down. Now, I've covered the e-Naira way back, probably in October of 2021 when it was coming out. And, you know, we were waiting to see what kind of adoption it would get. Before that was the Chinese CBDC, and it didn't get any traction at all. Um, very shortly, you know, it turned that turned out the e-Naira got zero traction as well. They were having to force people. I think what they did was they limited the amount of cash you could take out of ATMs, but you weren't limited if you took it out via the CBDC or something like that. So they've been trying to force people this way, 
but it has very, very little adoption so far. And this is like it's going to be for all CBDCs. Don't think for a second that the ECB doesn't care about this. Of course, they're looking at this and they're seeing, look, everywhere CBDC is tried, it doesn't work. And they weren't tried in like tiny little markets either. Yeah, the Bahamas, it's like the sand dollar, whatever they call it down there. That's a very small market and it didn't work out either. But China is a huge market. Nigeria, huge burgeoning market. Widely seen as one of the greatest engines of growth, not only in Africa, but the world over the next 50 years. And they're not having any uptake in the CBDC. So uh, yeah, of course, the ECB is looking at this. And they're trying to come up with ways to force people just like this, double down, force people into the CBDC because there's not going to be uptake in it. Okay, there's no difference between a CBDC and cash, basically, except it's easier to manipulate. And you can set up a lot of rules. There's only negatives. What I'm trying to say is there's only negatives to a CBDC over cash. And the Nigerian people had sussed this out in a second. They knew exactly what the game was here and they didn't adopt it. So let's continue reading. In December, the central bank decided to replace all high denomination cash bills in the economy, just as India did in its disastrous demonetization campaign in 2016. The goal is to make it much more difficult for Nigerians to use cash and it's working like a dream slash nightmare. As I've been warning for the last two months, Nigeria's already weakening economy is in no position to absorb the resulting economic shock. The central bank is not printing nearly enough cash to replenish the money supply. The result is a massive cash shortage. As in India, people will die. Businesses are closing. Some will never reopen. Nigerians' lives have been plunged into chaos, but the country's government and central bank Say the pain is worth it. From my latest article on the topic, and then he links to nakedcapitalism.com. Godwin, some last name I can't pronounce. The Central Bank of Nigeria governor has hailed the experiment as a success, as 80% of the cash previously held in private is now deposited with financial institutions. Finance Minister Zanab Ahmed concurred, saying, quote, the only sore point is the pain it has caused to citizens, end quote. Why should the rest of the world care? Because unless stopped in its tracks, this monetary experiment is coming to all of us one way or another. According to the Atlantic Council's CBDC tracker, 114 countries representing over 95% of global GDP are exploring a CBDC. And that's the end. Um, Yeah, 114 countries, 95% of global GDP, but I mean, right off the bat, we can say this isn't the ones that are going to launch CBDCs because the U.S. is probably on this list. The U.S. is exploring CBDCs, but we're not ever going to launch one. I mean, unless they get rid of Powell, unless the Wall Street banks have a complete change of heart on this, they're not going to have we're not going to have a a dollar CBDC. So uh, how much of these other countries are going to do it? Probably not very many. Probably not very many. Europe will do it. But we just read through the UK's, their progress report, and they aren't going to launch until 2030. So it's a long way off. 
I think the EU might be a little bit before that or something, but um, they're not going to get any uptake, just like they're not getting uptake in Nigeria. Anyway, there's another update here about Nigeria, and this comes to us via Bloomberg. Headline is, Nigeria Central Bank may delay Forex loan payments on dollar shortage, Moody says. Central Bank rationing dollar supply to ease reserve pressure. Payment delay may create dollar shortage for domestic lenders. So there's a lot of contagion because the government owes somebody dollars and they're not going to pay them. So then those people can't pay the next person and the next person can't pay. Who gets hurt in that? It's not the big guys who get bailouts. It's the little guys who are end up having to default and they're screwed. You know, their life savings is down the drain. All right, let's read some of this. Nigeria's central bank may delay repayments of foreign exchange to domestic lenders as an acute shortage of dollars in Africa's largest economy forces the regulator to ration hard currency, according to Moody's Investor Service. Rated commercial lenders in the West African nation have placed about $10.4 billion with the central bank in the form of derivative transactions, including swaps and forwards. Moody's analysts, including Mick Kabeya and Lynn Mary, said in a report on Thursday, because of the shortage of foreign currency, there's a risk the central bank may temporarily prolong those contracts beyond their original maturity date, they said. Quote, the material delay in repayment could well lead to the banks facing their own foreign currency shortages and could constrain their ability to repay their own foreign currency liabilities, the analysts said. Nigeria's central bank has had to ration dollars to reduce precious reserves, which declined from the peak of $62 billion 15 years ago to about $36.6 billion in December, as crude production in Africa's biggest oil-producing nation dropped amid rampant theft, vandalism, and falling investment. Oil exports account for about 80% of the country's foreign exchange income. Several commercial lenders, conscious of a potential repayment delay in recent years, reduced the duration of derivatives contracts and the size of the amounts placed with the central bank, cutting their tenor to 12 months from 24 months, Moody said. Well, that's interesting. That's one of the things I'm saying about in this type of terminal phase of a credit bubble counterparty risk just is all over the place. And even if you get a bailout, that's not going to help because the rest of the market sees that you got a bailout and they, they judge you, right? There is, what's the term that they use for that? Stigma. So that people see that you can't repay, even though you got a bailout, they still say, well, you're not good at running your business. You know, how did you get to that point in the first place? It's still the same CEO. And guess what? That CEO got a bonus, you know, and I I can't trust them. They're going to get in trouble. And then I'm going to be in trouble financially because I'm, you know, get caught up with you. So I'm not going to get caught up with you. And people start shortening all of their chains of collateral. They start shortening their kind of accounts receivable and, and, they're all, all of these things. And this sentence or this paragraph says this exactly what's going on, that they're cutting their tenors from to 12 months from 24 months. So the market is shrinking. Credit is shrinking in, in Nigeria. And this is really bad. This is really, really bad for Nigeria. They're not a very stable country. I mean, they have many, many different 
tribes and ethnicities or whatever you would call that over there. Just recently, they've had a bunch of terror attacks on, on their oil producing regions. The Igbo that live down around where the, the oil producing region, and they took over the oil production facilities. So there's all sorts of political stress over there. These are kind of artificial borders and artificial countries in Africa. Just, you know, they're not that old. When all of these countries got their independence was only, what, 80 years ago or so. And so there's probably going to be a lot of borders changing in Africa. But anyway, th- this is kind of scary for them because if their credit market is collapsing at the same time that the rest of the globe is not able to swoop in and save their credit market, reflate everything for them. It it can get really bad really quick. And that's the general idea for the entire world is you can't, this whole thing is terminal. This is a slow motion credit collapse that the can can be kicked down the road, but it can never be fixed. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more and more deflationary pressure you can never ex- escape the bust, and the bust of the global credit bubble is coming. Uh, so, in that, you know, the only way to escape is to jump over to the lifeboat, and that is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is going to have the dynamic, uh, dynamic economy that is pretty much debt free, uh, definitely by comparison. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be tons of green shoots. Plus, it's the Bitcoin price is going to be surging. This is a, one thing that we talked about with on FedWatch yesterday in regards to the new Basel tier requirements for Bitcoin. They're limited to 1% or 2% if they have a bunch of other things in order to of Bitcoin reserves, these banks. CK asked a question, well, what happens when Bitcoin 10Xs? Well, yeah, exactly. It goes from 1% to 10% or whatever of their reserves. I mean, Bitcoin has this almost nearly still to this day. That's how we know we're so early. It has almost unlimited upside at this point. I mean, you could say 10 million per coin is kind of the limit, but man, that's so far away. So not only is Bitcoin have the dynamic price discovery, dynamic green shoots, it also has the ability to benefit from price appreciation. So that's the way out of of this. Is It's not through the old system. The old system is gone. It's just dying and slowly rotting away. And anyway, get back to Nigeria. That's what's so scary about this because the world is not coming to save Nigeria. They're going to have to figure it out on their own, and they have very very bad political problems in that country. So anyways, um, that's it for that one. Let's jump over to the next one. This is via Zero Hedge, but it's from Mish Shedlock on Mish Talk. So anyway, here we go. The EU warns there is no escape from its ESG environment madness. The demand for highly paid ESG nannycrats to enforce nonsensical rules is on the rise. This will cause a rippling impact of higher inflation everywhere. Okay, probably not. (laughs) Probably not higher inflation everywhere. But let's let's read this. Um, Impending EU laws on ESG are on the way. Please note impending, okay. 
impending regulations in the European Union, which is at the forefront of ESG regulation, will soon require tens of thousands of suppliers across the supply chain in Asia to report their ESG performance. Oh my God. If you don't start preparing now, you will be late if and when the legislation kicks in. The Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, due to be rolled out next year, will require companies to disclose how sustainability issues, such as climate change, impact their business and how the operations in turn affect people and the planet. Some 50,000 companies, all large companies and listed small and medium-sized firms, will have to make such disclosures up from 11,700 large companies and public entities with more than 500 employees mandated under existing legislation. Auditing of disclosures will be mandatory. These companies will in turn require their global suppliers to disclose their sustainability data, such as greenhouse gas emissions, so that they can calculate their own environmental footprint and social risk exposure. Oh God. The European Parliament's Environment Committee last Thursday backed tougher legislation that will force firms with over 250 staff and annual annual worldwide turnover of more than 40 million euros to check and report whether their suppliers within and outside Europe use slave or child labor or pollute the environment. No escape from the madness. There is no escape from the impending European Union rules requiring sustainability reporting. Also note that Brussels-based Amorphi provides digital tools and training for suppliers to do self-assessments on ESG performance and compare themselves with industry, industry benchmarks based on international standards. And you probably can guess what that means. All right. So crazy, crazy stuff going on there. I, I can't believe that Anybody could be bullish on Europe. Um, I think Europe is in deep trouble. The U.S. is sitting relatively pretty compared to Europe. There's probably going to be ways around this. If I don't think they would go the full way to destroying their economy. At least that's what I've always thought, that they would, in the end, see the light. But... The way they've been going with these sanctions, the way they've been going with Russia and stuff, man, oh man, they're really going for it. Um, But it's also a little bit that they know they're losing, so they really have to press hard. Like they can't wait now until 2030. They can't wait until 2050. They have to push, push, push right now. So I think that's a good sign that they are kind of in panic mode a little bit really pushing all of these things within the next year or two. They want to get these things done. So that's it, guys. Well, thanks for joining me on this Friday. Hope you have a great weekend. Get out there and spend time with friends and family. Get out into nature. Enjoy the weather here. I mean, I'm in Florida. It's pretty warm. But uh, I think the weather in many places is starting to shift now back towards spring. So get out there and enjoy a little bit of sunshine um, with friends and family. Anyway, uh, I will check you guys on the next one. Bye.